0: This is the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. My name is Sarah Jefford and I am a surrogate and a surrogacy lawyer. In this episode, I spoke with Marnie, who is a cancer survivor and is now considering surrogacy to grow her family. I'm going to hand over now to Marnie. Hi, my name is
1: Marnie. I'm an intended parent from Victoria.
0: Lovely. Thank you, Marnie. So tell me, um, well, start from the beginning, wherever you think that might be. How did you come to be considering surrogacy? In
1: 2012, um, I had some discharge and um, I'd always had heavy and painful periods. So my GP decided to send me for a DNC um, to see if uh, the cause of the discharge and also to try and thin out my lining a bit to try and uh, make my periods a bit easier and also to see if she could reset my cycle with it. So I went off and had the DNC, um, and then at the end of that, the surgeon came out and saw me in recovery and said that they had found a cyst and it had been sent off um, to be biopsied. So then you recover from that, and then I went on with life, and then a week later I got a phone call to say that um, the cyst was malignant and that I had stage 1 uterine cancer and I would that I would need um, a hysterectomy, a radical hysterectomy. Wow, that's a shock. How old were yes. you? I was 36 at the time. Yeah. Did they give
0: you any chance to freeze any eggs?
1: So when I went to see the surgeon about having my hysterectomy, so a full radical is when they take your ovaries, your uterus and your cervix. Um, As I said, I was 36 at the time and I was thinking already about freezing some eggs, um, being aware of my age uh, or doing my research about becoming a single mother by choice by using donor eggs. Um, So she wanted to go straight to surgery, but I said, no, I wanted to do a cycle first. So I was referred to to an IVF clinic and I did that um, cycle. And then went for my pickup. Um, Everything was going along fine already. And then when I had my pickup, my fertility specialist was only able to access one of my ovaries. Apparently one was hiding behind the other. Didn't ever know that could happen. And um, he didn't want a chance going into the second ovary um, in case he pierced the wall. And my cancer spread so i only went into one ovary and collected one egg oh
0: wow and then,
1: then a week or two later i was in surgery having my hysterectomy goodness uh,
0: yes. yes so then you've gone in for a radical hysterectomy that
1: must must have been pretty shocking for everyone for you and your family it was so just to give you a bit of a background my mum died when i was um 11 about six weeks before my 12th birthday she had cervical cancer which had spread um to the uterus as a secondary cancer so she actually had a hysterectomy as part of her cancer treatment so as a result i was always vigilant about my pap smears um almost so kind of annoying the doctor saying it's time for another one because my worst fear in my life was to tell my brothers so to give you a bit of background i've got two older brothers um, so they were 16 and one was it was a week before his 14th birthday mum passed um, and then i was 11 at the time and our dad remarried very quickly after that and we had the quiz essential evil stepmother so that we didn't have the best life best ride after that so as a result though the three of us are quite close um, so that's kind of the silver lining in that situation mm-hmm but my biggest fear was having to tell my brothers that I had cancer because of mum. Um, and unfortunately that was a fear that, um, happened. I had to actually tell them. So that was not great, obviously. Mm. Um, so they, uh, kind of went off and dealt with that in their own way cause I didn't want to put their issues on me about it. Um, but after my egg pickup, I had my hysterectomy very, very quickly. Um, and the way I handled it was that I was just did the practical. I did what I had to do to survive. Um, to get through the cancer, I pushed all the emotional stuff aside, um, got myself better physically. Um, then I kind of dealt with it all emotionally and mentally. Um, that took a bit of time after the actual physical scars had healed. Yeah, but but Dealing with the fact that I only had the one egg as well yeah. um, played on my mind a lot and just thinking about that. Um, took me some time to work through as well. Mm.
0: How long after that did you think about, well, if I want to have children, how do I do that with this one little egg sitting in the freezer?
1: So because I had um, put aside the emotional fallout of the loss of my fertility, I gave myself time to, to go through that and to grieve. Um, and then when I came out of the other side of that, I was... Still wanted to be a parent and I knew surrogacy was an option because obviously we hear about it from overseas. I didn't know much about local surrogacy at that point. Um, but I also know that it's human nature to want something even more when you can't actually have it. So I didn't want to rush in. So I gave myself more time to think about it and make sure it's actually 100% what I wanted to do. And when I was in the... Um, surgeon's office talking about the surgery my sister-in-law was with me and she offered there and then to be my surrogate if and when I was ready so when I was ready to start looking at that um several years had passed and of course I would never hold anyone to any offer they made to me or anything made in the past so I just said to her would you be open to just talking about it just have a discussion um If it's not on the cars, not a problem, Um, but just can we have a discussion about it? And she's like, yeah, sure, no problem. Mm -hmm. And then um, she's like, I'm still keen, but we'll have to talk about it. I'm like, absolutely. And, of course, my brother would have to be um, involved and um, be um, part of the whole process. So we decided to go ahead. We talked about it. Um, The only thing we had on was that she had her own timeline. She didn't want to be pregnant when she was 40. So as a result, we started going to fertility specialists and doing the appointments fairly quickly um, because she wanted to have time to recover um, within the timeframe of her birthday. Mm. Looking back, we kind of went in too hard, too fast, too quickly. Um, we were doing this on our own. I didn't know anything about the community in Australia or the support network. Um, so looking back, that was probably one of our big mistakes. So we went to the appointments, um, we started counselling and then in counselling, my brother put the brakes on the process. He had his concerns. Um, He didn't want his life impacted by surrogacy. Um, I think the legal aspects in Australia where the birthing woman and her partner automatically on the birth certificate freaked him out and the responsibility that goes along with that. Uh, he also has social issues in terms of he's not a fan of single parents by choice. Um, that's his opinion. Obviously, it's not mine. But everyone's entitled to their opinion. Also, because I only had the one egg, while we were in counselling, the um, counsellor was talking about um, buying eggs from the World Egg Bank. At that point, I did know about Egg Donation Australia and they were quoting figures of $25,000 and upwards. Oh, um, yeah exactly and he didn't see the point of spending that kind of money either um mm. either for it or just the money that i would need to spend to have um become a parent through surrogacy mm. so he drew his consent um and it kind of and it all stops right there and then because as we know it's all in or none in yeah
0: of course um how did you feel about that how, getting the support from your sister-in-law and then your brother being the one to say no i don't want to do this
1: I was devastated um, because I had gone from um, not having a chance of being a parent because I couldn't carry myself to have the possibility of being a parent Um, and the fact that it was with my sister-in-law who I have a great relationship with um, and, you know, we're a close family so it would be fantastic to share that together. Um, I consciously stepped back a bit from um, him and my so. Because we're quite close, we share a social, friend, a social group together um, and everyone knows each other's business because we've all known each other for 20-plus years. But I consciously stepped back for a few months because I wanted to work through um, the process. I consciously made the effort because I didn't want to end up being bitter about him choosing not to go ahead. He's my brother. He's always going to be my brother. He's got a right to his opinions. I might not agree with them, but at the end of the day, he's my brother. And I knew I wanted an ongoing relationship with him, my sister-in-law, and my niece and nephew, and I knew if I was bitter and twisted, that wouldn't happen. So I worked through that, grieved, um, did a deeper dive into my internet research, found the Fertility Connections Forum, um, posted, got to know people, read a lot, and in that I saw someone made a reference to the Facebook page for the Australian surrogacy community, mm. and then I joined that. Mm. And then within a few months of that was the first conference in Brisbane.
0: Right, and that's where we
1: met. That's right. Yes. Yeah, it was lovely. So, the airport.
0: Tell me um, where to from here, then. What's happening now?
1: After I recovered from. Um, it falling apart with my brother and sister-in-law. As I said, I took some time out for myself. And then my brother and I had massive chats about it because I needed to know where he was coming from and I also needed him to know where I was coming from. Um, and now he's actually one of my biggest supporters. He's really keen to be an uncle um, and for his kids to have a cousin. Um, he just doesn't want to be part of the process.
0: Okay, you know, he's still supportive. It's just not in the way that you had hoped, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I needed it because um, it's a huge thing for me for one to do and because we only have each other and my other brother, it was important for him to know um, where I was coming from and knowing going forward I would need his support as well um, to make it successful. And Then, of course, when I become a parent, if I become a parent, I need to have that ongoing family support. So it was good to talk through through it with him and then, as I said, he said, well, he's the part of it. I told him, you know, why, where I was coming from. And we've both walked away being mutually respectful of each other's opinions. As I said, he's really, really supportive. He just doesn't want to actually be involved in the actual process.
0: Yeah. And that you know, like you say, it, it's not for everyone and you can have difference of opinion. Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah so i have talked to i've made friends with um many people through the group uh surrogates and ips alike um for me the friendships and relationships i've made have been the silver lining of this process because i've met people like yourself that i would never met ever had the reason to meet um so that's been fantastic and that has helped me keep the faith um knowing and keeping active so my best friend had offered to be an egg donor Um, but she was six weeks postnatal at the time and I just kind of gave her a hug and said thank you and said come back to me when you've given it a bit more thought and if it happens and we never talked about it again. And then um, probably almost a year ago now, um, we were out for dinner and she said that she'd been to a fertility specialist um, and told though unfortunately that her eggs weren't viable for donation. Um, He would only use them if she was going to go with IVF again. <laughs> um, so I had never actually um, pursued egg donation um, because I have the one egg, and I didn't want to feel like—and I know this is the wrong phrase—but I didn't want to take anyone else's donation because if they needed it right there and then, where I didn't because I don't have a surrogate, so I wouldn't be to, wouldn't be using it. Um, but I always knew it was a possibility that would need because statistically, it always takes could take more than one egg, one transfer to happen um so there was a post early this year where uh, ips had asked surrogates what helped them choose ips what do they look for in ips and the majority of surrogates in that said they like ips that have embryos already made and in the freezer and then um if they can't create more embryos a backup plan so i was thinking about what um the surrogates had posted i thought um maybe there's a possibility that I can make an embryo um, using donor sperm through the clinic because the plan was always to use donor sperm. I thought I should at least ask the question because worst case scenario, they say, no, sorry, you can't do that without a surrogacy agreement in place. Then I would have an answer. Um, and so I decided to uh, look into that. And then also because I figured then if um, an embryo can be made, fantastic. It's in the freezer. That's a tick. If my egg doesn't thaw, then I know then and there that um, I would have to pursue egg donation. Um, So I kind of thought it was a win-win if I could either get an egg in the embryo in the freezer or know what my next uh, path would be, would need egg donation. So I was talking about that with um, a couple who um, have become great friends over the last 18 months. Um, They're very supportive in my surrogacy journey and um, they have used an egg donor themselves to uh, become pregnant. And so they were fully supportive and they said go for it because um, at least investigate it and then we'll, you'll have an answer one way or another. Then you can choose which path you take. And so we were at brunch and um, we said our goodbyes and I was um, in the car park and I was getting in my car and suddenly this car pulled up and it's beep, 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 turned around and it's them getting out of the car. And in the car park right there after brunch, they offered the husband's sperm as a known donation. Oh, that's That's so lovely. Um, It absolutely is. It's very humbling and and very amazing, but they are big believers of paying it forward. And they're um, both beautiful, generous, um, caring people, fun loving. And we would get along well if even we had never met through um, the circumstances that brought us together. Look, in 2017, 2018, a lot of people know IVF. Um, It's a dinner to, uh, dinner party conversation, but surrogacy, not so much. Um, egg donation, not so much. It's Of course, it's improving as um, profile is getting higher in Australia, um, but knowing people who know my background is not that dissimilar from them in terms of needing a helping hand to become a parent um, is great because they just get it. Um, so it's fantastic. So we're at the, actually at the beginning of, um, we've started our counselling to go through the donation process.
0: That's so exciting.
1: Absolutely. They're, it's great. It's, um, it's great to have um, purpose and have a plan and have it work out. And so then once um, we've done all the counselling, we'll see if we can make an embryo with my egg.
0: Yeah. Well, um, so in terms of surrogacy, because you don't have a surrogate at this stage, Have you considered other options, whether it's Australia or overseas and those sorts of things?
1: Yeah, I have because uh, when I went to the first conference, there was a lot of overseas people, um, agencies there. Um, I've always kind of been hesitant about it only because knowing I was always going to need donor material, I had always wanted to use local material if I could um, simply because for the benefit of my future child that they wanted a relationship they could have one um and i figured that being local it'd be a lot easier for them to have that connection um so which is one of the reasons why i've been really hesitant about going overseas especially um because if my egg didn't work i would need double donation and then it'll be double international donation which Mm. happens Um, but for me i wanted to pursue uh, local options first and um only go international if um, I had no options locally.
0: Mm. What are you looking for in a relationship with a surrogate?
1: Um, I would like to have a friendship, have, have a relationship where if we didn't know each other because of surrogacy, we would be friends. Um, because surrogacy, um, just due to the pure purpose of it, it's quite an intimate relationship. You know a lot about each other very quickly, um, each other's medical background, um, family details, etc. Um, so I'd like to have someone I can, you know, have a laugh with as well, just as, um, in the funny moments or non-surrogacy related moments, as well as someone who's comfortable enough to say, Marnie, go away. You're smothering me too much. You know, stop doing this or, uh, you know, I need some time alone, uh, but it's comfortable to do that without worrying that they're going to upset me either. And because, um, I've never been pregnant, I had a, a miscarriage in my, 20s but apart from that I've never actually been pregnant so it would be nice to have a relationship where I could um, support them um, and get a sense of what the pregnancy is like um, I'm not saying I want them to text me or talk to me every five minutes but to share in the, um, the pregnancy with them would be great and then because I've always um, said to myself that um, I would be completely honest with my child about how they became being um, if it's about their donor material or the, um, that I needed a help from a surrogate for them to be born, um, they would know their story from day one. So mm. I'd like someone who would be open to, um, to being involved, whether it's just the big milestones um, or a Friday night dinner every few months or whatever, where comfortable for both, but I'd like to then be around at some point in the child's life. That's lovely. I mean, I'm like, yeah, I know life gets busy, and it's. Um, I don't want a strict parameter saying you must talk to each other every two weeks or whatever. I'd like it to, to grow organically, but enough that we're comfortable enough that we can catch up as often as possible. Um, well, you know what you I want mean? As as often as life allows.
0: Would you have any tips for anyone that was that perhaps had just discovered that they couldn't have their own children? themselves and we're having to pursue surrogacy where would you how would you advise them to get started in that process
1: um if they've come to uh the group on facebook i'd certainly say join um but maybe take some time to read posts and do some research um of course introduce yourself and so on but just kind of sit back and read um posts as they come up and the topics they, they um, cover and go through old posts as well, you know, use the search bar to find things about um, red flags in terms of um, do's and don'ts, um, deal breakers as they're called, um, term, uh, discussions about expectations, termination, all the different things. Um, but I would also say join your local catch-up because for me, I found that the, the best thing um, when I had my hysterectomy, I didn't know anyone in their 30s um, who had a hysterectomy. Everyone I knew was in their 50s. And so I didn't know anyone who was then trying to um, become a parent as well. So when I um, made a friend through the Fertility Connections website who was a single cancer survivor like myself, for me that was a bonus because she knew where I was coming from. So, um, And then when we met up in person, our relationship from that but just um, go to local uh, dinners if you can I know not everyone is near a city but I highly recommend it because um, that's where relationships are formed because um, you see people you talk to people Um, I've been at dinners where um, I've caught up with people um, that are only known through surrogacy and we haven't even talked about anything surrogacy related because they would become friends so it's talking about work talking about life talking about the children talking about holidays But all that creates a great support for when you actually do need to talk to someone about something a bit serious, surrogacy related. You can go to meetups. There is an intended parents uh, Facebook page, but it is quite secret. Um, So I'll probably post on the main page for someone to find you. Um, That's a great resource as well, because you can ask questions if you're not comfortable asking them on the main page. Um, go along to forums that um, Sam hosts through for um, families through surrogacy. When you first join the surrogacy world, and especially if you haven't used IVF mm-hmm. in the past, it can seem very overwhelming. It's very information overload and there's a lot of things to think through. So going to the seminars is a great way to break that down into smaller parcels. Um, Different topics are talked, and they've improved because they have panels of surrogates and IPs alike. So you can hear about successful journeys and realise, okay, it might seem like it's a huge mountain right now, but it is possible. Um, and it's a great way to learn do's and don'ts by people's past relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find helpful. I would also add that um, when you start actually pursuing surrogacy, you need to have dealt with your own loss of fertility. Um, you need to have grieved and prepared to work on um, the next stage because it is quite confronting and if you still have baggage about it, it's not good or it's not good for you and it's not for good for uh, potential relationships so it's good to have dealt with it um, previously.
0: Thank you for joining me on the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. If you would like to get in touch you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook and at
1: sarahjefford.com. That's very good advice. Yep.